All right, everyone, welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. My name is Jason. Tonight, we've got myself, Brian, and Tommy here with a really interesting topic that we've been talking about for a good week and even just tonight or this morning, depending on what time zone you're in. We've been talking about this for a while, so we figured we might as well hit the record button. And so all I'm going to do is let you guys know our topic and then throw it over to Tommy because he is the the king this evening of explaining this concept in a way that really makes sense. So we've been talking about this idea of being in but not of the world or you know what's the difference between being in something and of something because if you've grown up in the church or even if you haven't you've probably heard this idea that we are in but not of the world and sometimes there's some scriptures to go along with that sometimes there's not depending on who you're listening to but there's when you when you actually get beneath the surface and see what this concept is talking about it's it's beautiful for one and it's very powerful for another so tommy give us your examples of what this looks like to be in something but not of something yeah i have uh two examples um the first one is in high school i took uh college credits at a college that was local nearby um to my high school um and i was a part of the college, but I wasn't participating in the classroom setting. I wasn't participating in um, living on campus. I wasn't participating in any of that sense. I was only taking online classes from them. And so I would say I was in their group, in their classroom, but I wasn't of the school. And then my second example would be, um, it's kind of a funny one, for family holidays, uh, for my extended family on my dad's side, um, we always normally take a picture at Easter or Christmas or whatever the family event is. And my family is pretty big, so we have a bunch of significant others. However, they do not get to participate in the family photo because they are not of our family. However, they are allowed to be in our family setting and celebrate with us and basically do everything else, but it comes to a time when there needs to be a picture taken and they're not allowed into the family photo because they're not of our family. Um, Now we do take pictures with them too and stuff, but the family photo is of the family who is related to us and significant others are allowed in once they marry in and all that kind of stuff. Did that seem unfair to some people? Like even in your example, Tommy, of the the family pictures, do people have they ever gotten offended? Well, I'm, you know, I'm sort of in the family. I'm I'm dating this person, or we've been dating for 38 years. Don't I get to be in the picture? Or you know, I'm I'm basically blood related anyways. Or we're so emotionally connected. Or I've been around for so long. I I basically count as being of the family anyway. So I should be in the picture. I think it's funny for my example of with family is that. Yeah, there there kind of was like a awkward period of like, are we are we in the photo? Or are we not in the photo? And now now it's kind of like a group of like, oh, like we'll accept you into our group of not being a part of the photo. Like they kind of become their own thing, which is kind of funny. But it's I think it shows the point that there can be the other side too. You know. So do you think it's fair that we have those lines? Do you think it's fair for people to draw those lines of, well, you're not a blood relative, so you don't get this, or 
you are a blood relative, so you get this, but not this. Is, is that a fair thing? I, I think there's a I think there's a deep truth to it. I think the application of it has a little bit more the motives could be really challenged in that process, but I think there's a, a deeper lying root that is actually a, a true statement. I mean, here's the reality. Uh living in Thailand, um, I'm always a guest here. Uh I am I live in this country. It is my home but I'm not of this country. It doesn't ma- I could go through the naturalization process, convert and become a citizen of this country, but I will still never be of this country. This country did not produce me. I came in and then I adopted to them and I became kind of a, I wouldn't even say adopted in. I was more of given certain access, but not really of it. But I will tell you something I can never, ever, ever, ever be part of the royalty. I could even get so far that the royalty depends on me for the functioning of the country, but I will never, ever be of the royal family because I'm not born into it. And I think the same is true with, with, uh, well, I, I know for a fact that the same is true even of our relationship with Jesus Christ, is unless you're born of him, you're a product of him, you're produced of him, you could be one of the best resources, you could be one of the best, uh, uh, do all of the right actions, but at the end of the day, you're not of him. And I thought that's interesting that people were doing these amazing things, and Jesus said, depart from me, I don't even know you. And the word no is that intimate of, it's, it, it corresponds with that same piece. And so it, there is a deep truth to the family thing. I think a lot of times we do it from a different motivation, though, which is why it creates a bigger problem. When I was in Thailand with you a couple of years ago, it was, it was really interesting for me because everything is different. You have to exchange your currency. The, the driving patterns are different. You're on the other side of the road. The speed limits or the speed guidelines in some areas, I would say, are very different. I set a personal record for how fast I traveled on a motorized vehicle, not driving and being the passenger in Thailand, because it's a different system. The The cost for things is drastically different. What, what $20 buys in the US is not what $20 buys in Thailand. All of these things were different, and I could experience them, but I did not grow up with that. It wasn't my my native environment. It was unfamiliar to me. It wasn't it wasn't foreign in the aspect of I cannot understand this, but there was just this clear like this is not where I grew up. This is not what I'm used to. Another example of that too is when when I was visiting in Thailand, um we were we were going to travel and we knew there was going to be a storm and um, Brian and another friend of his, and they had told us Americans that it is common for people to wear plastic garbage bags when it's going to rain and travel. And so we had sat in the bed of the truck and here we are thinking we're going to fit in with everyone else. So we're not going to stick out like Americans, like we would normally in this situation. However, that was not the case. It was, it was a lie. Um, Thai people do not wear garbage bags in the rain. So we stuck out like sore thumbs. 
but it's just another thing how it's like we wanted to fit in we wanted to be a part of but yet we really weren't we were just in isn't it crazy what people can get you to do if you really want to feel like you're a part of something and you don't understand the lay of the land you know it, as funny as that was by the way that was one of the funniest moments I, it was very funny because it only took you about halfway through the rainstorm to start looking around at all the other pickup trucks with people riding in the back and it did not look the same but it's it's very interesting that whole concept just like what you brought up jason that when we're trying to fit in we'll do all sorts of things like here's here's the most common thing for like guests or foreigners when they come in they will buy all of the traditional thai garments in the stores and then they'll wear them around to fit in with the Thai garments. And Tommy, how many people, Jason, did you ever see that was Thai that was wearing one of those garments? None. Very few, if any. Yeah. It's all the foreigners. And I think that is just, that is picturesque. But if you're of that place and you're, you're of it, there, you don't even think through those things. There's just a natural flow, right? I've been in this country for seven years working in this country for 10. And I will tell you, I have gotten used to so much of the concepts, but I was telling my son as we were driving, I'm like, I still cannot look at Thai money and be serious about it. Like it still looks like monopoly money. Like it still, I have to do a conversion in my head to bring value to these colored paper documents. Like it still does not like, I know what to pay when it, how much it is like, it's natural. I could speak that part of Thai, but when I pull it out of my pocket, it just doesn't have value until I do the conversion process. Then I add the value of the place I'm of to that. And then all of a sudden it has meaning. And I think there's something very important to it is the moment we can add value of the place we're of to the thing that we're doing in the place that we're in, that's the only way we get value systems. But if you don't have a value from what you're of, you will do everything to completely conform to that idea. And I will tell you, you could master the language. And I've seen this so many times. I've seen people just say, I'm going to immerse in this society. And they do. And some of them even just not from a Christian perspective, but just they, they become Buddhist and they go through the monastery and they, they do all these things and they're foreigners and they go through all the process and they just, they, they, they learn the language of what to speak. And they could even master every word in the Thai language, which Thai people don't even master every word in their own language. And, and they can master it and can say all of those words perfectly. And they can know all the customs and everything, but it only takes one moment when they're talking to someone that they immediately know they're a foreigner because they're still thinking from the place they're of. Their thoughts have to change. They, they have to be something different. Their mind is renewed to the processes, but they're not of it. And at the end of the day, they are still just a farong, a foreigner in that land. And I think the more we adopt to the idea, especially in our modern world. Like if Jesus says we are to be in the world, but not of the world, that means 
where we receive our thought processes are every aspect of us. You know, we talk about identity and those different things, but just even value systems, even, even, uh, how we look at life, the more we know the father, which we're invited into that relationship through Jesus. So the more we know him and his spirit is in us bringing clarity to our mind so we can look at things differently, the moment we start seeing it differently, not just learning how to behave differently, but we see it differently. We see it from that thought. We see it from the mind. And I will tell you, in some aspects, when I'm sitting with Thai people because I don't know the language well, I've had to learn facial expressions. I had to learn mannerisms. And I've gotten to know when there's a certain manner that happens, I'm like, oh, I know what that means. But if you just know the language, if you just know what you want to bring into that place, you're never going to get it. But if you're going to get from that and, and let it produce something in you, it creates something different. But if you're of something else, you will never be of this place. You can only be of one thing. So how, how did you accept that, that mindset, especially when it came to moving to Thailand? Because now you're living there. So everything about that country that you live in affects you because you live in it every single day long-term. So how do you not let all those, you know, affairs of the world around us that you are in affect you because you realize you're of something else, but how does that practically shake out when you're not just visiting something, you're not just temporarily in a place, you are there for the long haul. So if they pass a law, that's a problem for you. It affects you. If the culture shifts in a direction, it affects you because you live in it. I knew I was coming in as a foreigner, as an ambassador of what God spoke to me to be here. So I kind of knew what my role would be. And rather than coming to extract from, I came to offer. So I didn't have an expectation of the environment to benefit me. It, it does in many ways. There's some things about the environment that I, I, I think are pretty amazing. But I didn't come to get that environment. I came to offer something, but I also came to learn. So I came to learn people. And so we built relationships all over, and I would ask questions. Hey, how do I go about this? And I was just honest. I don't understand. So help me understand. How do you do this? How do you do that? I didn't ask all the why. Why do I have to? This is ridiculous. This is stupid. Why do you do it that way? That's not the way we do it. That's not the way they do it. That's not. I think when you come in like that, you will never, you will always be antagonistic to the environment you're going into. And that's not being in it. So being in it is being secure in yourself from the place you're from and being okay with that and being, being honored by that. But you start functioning. So I would ask questions, but I didn't just ask questions of one group of people. I asked questions of one tribe, the local tribe, the hill tribe. I would ask questions of how do they view these things? How do they interact? I would ask officials. I would ask people that were just the lowest level workers. I, I wanted to ask and get to know them. And the more I got to know them and I was honest, I would make mistakes. They were happy to walk me through the mistakes. In fact, they, 
became embracing of my foreignness and it 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 turned really amazing but i think i knew i would always be in i would this would never be my 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 place of identity because i still drive down the road and i'll see something and i'm like i will just never get used to that i will never get used to it it will always be something i have to process of value because it's not of me and so I think we can transcend that if we realize that we know we're of what we're of, which is where our identity comes from, and then be just comfortable to be that in the environments that we're in. But I served them. I offered what I had. I didn't try to extract from them. I came to give something and not order it or demand it or you guys are stupid. You need to believe this. No, you just come in and serve and lift the people. And relationship starts forming, and that's when you start finding your place in a place that you don't belong or that's foreign. So how how do you navigate those kind of things when it comes to well, it's you're you're still a college student, even though I keep asking you if you've graduated, and I've been asking you that for like a year and a half. But let's say that your college has a reputation for you know X, Y, or Z beliefs or processes or whatever. How do you both internally, personally navigate that if there's a conflict, but then also when you interact with other people, oh, you go to that college, you must believe, you know, dot, 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 because that's what this college did or said on their social media. So how do you navigate and balance that in, but not of thing when it comes to institutions you're a part of or groups that you're a part of? How do you, how do you navigate that? Not really going off of like school, but off of church. Um, me and my pastor, we went and served the community and um, we were out talking to people and just being ourselves and allowing people to be ourselves with us. And they'd ask, oh, what are you doing here? Where are you from? And we'd say, oh, we're from XYZ Church. And they're like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have been swearing around you or I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Like, and it's... I think it's interesting how people can kind of change how they respond to you based on where they know where you're from. However, if you just come at it of a place of like, here, I'm just here to be myself and to be with you and accept you for who you are. People are more willing. They're more open to be themselves. But if they come with like a, a pre knowledge of like, this is where I come from, they'll change who they, how they represent themselves based on that. And I found that really interesting. And I think, same thing happens with schools like people are like oh where do you go to school and I'll say oh I go to this university and they're like oh are you are you, are you starting to be a pastor are you are you going to be a pastor are you going to are you in ministry and it's like no I'm in business and they're like oh well why why like why I go to that school and it's just to me that's very interesting is how what that institution is doesn't necessarily have to represent everything of who I am and trying to get explain that to the person who comes across as like everyone who goes to this school believes this thing I think basically explaining to them hey not everyone who goes here believes that thing I'm a human being just like you and we can disagree on things and still be a part of the school if that makes sense like I don't necessarily agree with everything my college stands for or everything that they do but I can still participate in 
be a part of the culture in a sense. Would you say that's because you're in, but not of the school, just to get back to our cliche line here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very interesting because what you're truly of, you don't want, you don't say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. When you're of something, you do agree. It's a part of you. Like, even if you're of your family, if someone else came to you and started pointing out all the flaws of your family, you would defend your family. Now, internally, you would have a different conversation. But anyone from the outside doesn't get to form that opinion because you're of that family. And I think something in that is a really powerful idea that you could even have, uh, like being in Thailand, if I came out against, well, Thais are just like this. This is what they do. <clears throat> the ties will defend all the other ties. But internally, they will have their, their, their arguments and their disgruntledness and all of that stuff. But I, I think a lot of times we want to be of something so bad because we don't know what we are. And again, we've talked about this on other podcasts. But going to this point, Jesus is making this statement that you to be in the world, but not of the world. So that means you go function, you go do your job, you, you interact with people, you do all those things. But there's something at the end of the day that their culture isn't you. You're in it, but their culture isn't producing you because you're a pro being, you are produced from something else. And there, that is a deep mindset. And if you find yourself conforming to that, it's because there's parts of you that still think there's something missing in what you're of. So now you're looking for those things to be filled in that place. So you're conforming, but at the end of the day, here's the funny thing. They will never say you're of them. You're still an outsider that they're using, but you're not of them. And I want to read this uh, from John chapter 17, because the, that's been the hang up for so many people is we've been seeing ourselves as, well, I'm a Christian of, you know, nation one, two, three, or I'm a Christian of this organization. And so we try to mesh together multiple things that we are of instead of realizing the singularity that we are of the kingdom of heaven. And in John chapter 17, which, by the way, this chapter is, is the most un, underread or avoided or misunderstood, maybe not misunderstood, but if you read John chapter 17 and really understand and believe what Jesus is saying here, it would blow your mind. It is, there's so much depth and audacity to what he says in this chapter. It, it's still today. It just, it, it, it's incredible to me, but I want to read a little bit from it because this is one of the places where we get this concept of in, but not of the world in verse 11, he starts with this and he's praying to the father. He says, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world talking about us as disciples. And I come to you, father, keep through your name, those whom you've given me. And he says that they may be one as we are, which by the way, the word he uses there means to the same degree as. So that's just a side note for now. But I'm no longer in the world, but these people are in the world. And the point of this is that they may be one as we are. And so he goes on here 
I, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Not one is lost except the son of perdition. And he goes on, I think it's in verse uh, 16 or around there, where he says, I've given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So to the same degree that Jesus was not of this world, we by our na our nature, our state of being, our identity, are not of this world. And he says, I don't pray that you, Father, take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. He repeats himself, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And then this is this is the 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 finale on this section. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. So this is what I think one of the most beautiful pictures of who we are as believers now. In the same way that Jesus was not of the world, which we all have a very easy time accepting and believing, we are not of this world. In the same way he was sent into the world, we are sent into the world. And I really think a lot of us could benefit from understanding that picture because we tend to see ourselves, well, I was born in this state or in this nation or in this hemisphere. And so I'm really of this culture and this and this area and this climate or whatever it is. But there really has to be a separation from that and accepting a new birth, a new citizenship, a new identity of the kingdom of God. And when we do that, we also have to let go of the idea that we are of any kingdom of the world. I think Does that makes sense. Yeah. And I think one thing to add as you're thinking through this process, it just kind of came to me as you're saying that is Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit provide a very unique parallel. Like they cover every basis for you to know how secure you become. One is how Jesus and the Father were one. That that's the first piece. Then there's also that we are born. When we believe in him, we become born again. We're born into the lineage of Jesus so that now we have that. Then he also calls us friends. Then he also compares us to a marriage that we are joined together almost legally. We are now legally joined together. But then he even goes further as Paul mentions, actually Paul mentions, we are not just born, but we are adopted. So now we're actually chosen. And when you get all of those pictures together, every relational picture of pureness, we become with him. So now when we're functioning in this world, there's nothing it can happen. But I think what's important is maybe we should go and define what the world is, because I think that gets very confusing. You could say the world is just going to a job that's not Christian or going to a restaurant or a movie could be in the world as some very distinct belief systems they isolate to 1800s times if that's the only proper way to function and it's not really saying that so jesus was reading the same cultural law that the pharisees were yet he was not of them yet he came for them because they were the chosen ones so how was he in it but not of it when everything was kind of of the same, they were actually of the same bloodlines, theoretically, because Joseph and Mary were of David. 
So they're all of the same bloodlines in that group, but he wasn't of them, but he was in it. So I thought maybe we could maybe unpack that just a little bit. Is it somewhat of a function um, being in that, like, I can know my identity is from Christ, but I can function in many different roles in the world? Does that make sense? Would that be how it would relate to Jesus in a sense? Is that he can be of this religion, but he can, I guess, have a different role, a different way in which he is a part of that culture? Because when I think of myself being a Christian, I think of, okay, what should I do with my life then? Do I get a job? Where do I get a job? And then I always think back to, well, at the end of the day, me and my identity won't change whether what I'm doing, if that makes sense, whether I'm pursuing becoming a pastor or whether I'm a businessman, whether I'm an engineer, whether I'm a missionary, whether I'm my, the way in which I operate may change, but where I come from stays the same. I don't know if that answers somewhat of how Jesus operated in that. Well, it's almost like he didn't, I mean, the word, the word world that's being used there is inhabited. Um, so this is the area that these people inhabited. That's their home. It's their custom. It's their traditions. It's their culture that they formed. Jesus comes into it through Mary, but he's function. He knows how to completely function in it to to the nth degree in fact he even carries the right lineage in it but he never chose their habitation of how they were utilizing what's been given to him and so he never was a part of it but he was actually an answer to it and i find it very interesting that it's almost like when we're conforming to the world we're trying to find our place of habitation by utilizing what's around us. So we try to shape everything to fit our comfort of habitation. And I think the big difference that I see of the men of old, as Hebrews mentions, is they stayed in tents. So from a spiritual aspect or, or kind of more of a, uh, uh, a concept aspect, they never built homes in those places. They were always in a place that can be moved. There was no permanence of this place. And I think you could live in the same location for your entire life, but you can step aside and say, this is not my habitation, though. So something with Jesus is, this is never my home in the state of being that this is home. It's not my home. So I'm always an outsider in this place. And what tormented the enemy is the systems that started forming within that culture. He became antagonistic because he would not conform to those systems of habitation in that culture. And he became a thorn to that habitation. And that's why he said he's always hated. But had he said, okay, I'll just go along with your traditions, your customs, your way of marketplace, your way of business, your way of thinking, 
and subject himself to it, they would have still hated him because they knew he wasn't of this place, even if he was conforming. And I think that's the lie that many Christians and just anyone that's from the outside coming in, you can conform as long as you want. But at the end of the day, you're still not liked because you're one of them. And you saw this even in, uh, from a Russian point of view during, uh, in the, in the 40s and early 50s, you could be absolutely diehard, communist, pro-state, everything. But if you still don't fall in line with something that they want, you still went to the gulag. And now they didn't know what to do because that was their whole identity. So they're conforming, conforming, and conforming. But at the end of the day, you're a, they want you to be a product of them. But at, you're not, we weren't designed to be of that kind of thing. So there's always something that stirs in the middle of that. I, I might have gone a little bit too far, but I, I think we're missing something with the cultural dynamics. Jesus changed culture. Jesus changed the dynamics because he brought who he was and the authority and power of who he was to the people. He didn't force it on them. He didn't make them conform. He just brought that into the environment and it produced something. But he didn't try to get something from the environment. He tried to win the hearts of people to receive what's been given, but he didn't try to get something from the environment but he knew how to function in it smartly. And we see Paul operating the same way throughout the New Testament. He knew how to function through that environment. And we even see him playing the cards of that environment and that culture and that political system when it benefited him and when it benefited the gospel. So he absolutely operated in that way. But, but like you're saying, it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't come and say, okay, I'm going to, through your current kingdom and system that you have in place, try to bring change. He came in to bring a different kingdom completely. Not, okay, let me improve the systems that you already have in place because there's some there's some good things in your systems. They just need to be polished up a bit. No, he came in to bring a completely different kingdom. And if I can add to that is we have to separate the world, the the systems, the influences, those things from people themselves. So every person God deeply loves. He wants every person. They were originally created in his image. But the reality is they're so they become so fathered by the systems of this world and by the evil one that they adopt all that into their identity that they become antagonistic towards another kingdom. But it's very important when we're talking about the world, we're not we're really referring to people. We're talking about the forces and the influences and the uh, thought processes that have become, that have flowed into those individuals. Because as an individual, our heart is a, is a pot to be planted. So we either have the words of our Father speaking to us, growing something out of us, the kingdom, or we have words of a false father the evil one, which God said, the Pharisees, your father, Satan, putting things into us that were birthing those things. So we're kind of carriers of two kingdoms. That's a clash, but it's not really the carrier itself that is our problem. So learning to separate those two pieces is very important when we're dealing with what's in the world and what's 
uh, of the world. And I think we also, uh, we need to address the question, uh, like, does this mean we shouldn't do anything about the affairs of the world we are in? Because that's one thing a lot of people will go to as well. I'm, I'm in the world, but I'm on, the, I'm not of the world. So I shouldn't participate at all in the affairs of the world going on around me. And so you kind of write everything off as, well, that's just, it's just a thing of the world and I shouldn't bother with it. Well, it says don't be entangled in the affairs of this world where you get strangled by it. It didn't say don't be involved in the affairs of this world because then we would have a real problem because Stephen went boldly into the affairs of this world. Paul went boldly into the affairs of this world. Jesus went boldly into the, the affairs of this world. The disciples, they weren't killed because they just had a nice house and they were just living with Jesus. And they, they sang songs in their living room. That's not what killed them. Nobody cared what they were doing there. It was because who they were and where they were of began influencing the world around them. So at some point, just living and stepping outside of those, the, the four walls of their home was causing a disruption to the system. And it's interesting. I was going through all the different speeches of Stephen, Paul, Jesus, when he addressed someone that basically cost them their lives and the disciples, they never, they used the words that came from their own group. So Paul went before Rome based on the words that they, that Rome gave that a citizen had a right to be heard and you can't beat them very long. So he just used their words to get him his thing done. He used their laws, their order, their system to accomplish something. Jesus did not, he just used the same words that the Pharisees and the scribes were teaching. He took their words and he exposed the truth of their own words and it convicted them and so they wanted to kill Jesus. Stephen was quoting everything he learned by those scribes and Pharisees back to him. He wasn't coming up with a new idea. He wasn't saying, hey, here's how this should look. He was just giving back to them the truths that they were speaking, but they were utilizing them in a sense of oppression versus Stephen bringing the spirit of life of who you are. And he gave it back to them. And it so angered them that they killed him. They stoned him. And so when you look at this, being in the world means you, you need to know how that area functions. You need to know what those, those rules are. You need to know how the system functions so you can operate. But it doesn't mean you have to adopt it where the manipulation of those things becomes a part of you and you shut down everything else and you just go with that flow. That is being of the world. But being in the world is absolutely knowing and how to interact and how to speak. So back to your example of being in Thailand, you can't, you can't realistically walk around and say, well, I don't need to learn any of the laws in Thailand because I'm just a guest. I'm just in Thailand. I'm not of Thailand. So I don't need to learn their laws or their traffic patterns or their cultural norms. I don't need to learn any of that. That would be ridiculous. And you wouldn't get much done if that was your approach. Well, and you'd be kicked out of the country in a short amount of time because I have to, we have to have an attorney to deal with all of our visa paperwork. And there is paperwork and reports and everything and checking in and, and uh, quarterly reporting of where we're living. There's a lot of stuff we have to know just to live here. 
most people don't even know. Uh, we were just going through a process the other day, and one of my staff goes, you have to go through this all the time. I go, every quarter, we're going through the same type of stuff. He's like, oh, my word. Like, he had no idea because they don't do any of that because he's a citizen. We have to do it because we're not a citizen. So there's a there's so much little details of that. And ignorance doesn't cover. Oh, I didn't know. It does in social settings sometimes if they know you're being honest, but it doesn't in general law situation. You're held to the same account and actually worse because you're a guest of the country. Let's bring this back to uh, let's just bring this back to back to this point being in and not of of these examples we're using because some people okay, this is a great conversation you guys are having, but how does that relate to my world right now? And again, we've talked about identity. We've talked about knowing the father. We talk about knowing where you're of. We talk about knowing the kingdom. And I think what's very interesting is we don't spend time with really understanding our role, the authority, the power, the, the uh, name we've been given, we don't understand that. So when we're out in this environment, we don't know how to bring that about in a way that brings life to an environment rather than destructive, making it destructive like we're conquering. I don't have to conquer the world because Jesus already conquered it through the kingdom. I am walking out the possession of land, in a sense based on what I have. But when something happens to me in this world, I need to know what is behind me in order to function. And the, the question my daughter asked me yesterday, and she goes, you know, how do you obey those in authority over you? But then when there's things that contradict what the kingdom of God does, how do you choose and pick? And I, and I just came back to it. It all determines your motive. What is your motive of standing up? If your motive is because the spirit of the law is to protect people, you could actually find in every environment that their own law, if you went to the spirit of it, actually coincides with what you're doing. There's a spirit of the law. And so the more you get to know and function, uh, like Paul, he never rebelled against authority. Yet he was told to be quiet, yet he was put in prison, yet he did all. He never rebelled against authority. He just understood the authority so he could bring their own words into a place that they had to deal with it, and they didn't like it. So the persecution, everything didn't come out of the not obeying. It came because they actually understood the spirit of the, the words that were spoken. So how does that become something that everyone can actually can actually operate in because i mean not everyone is going to be a legal expert on every country they visit or live in i mean even in the u.s the legal code is longer than any person could ever hope to comprehend in their lifetime that's why you have to have seven thousand different attorneys when you're filing your taxes to understand and explain things to you so how how do we how do we understand how to operate in a world like that while not shrinking back from the truth, because as we've been talking about, there's there's things that go on in the world around us that we are in, but not of. And we do have to speak truth in the world because the world changes and there are things that bring life and freedom and there are things that bring death and bondage. And so we need to make it clear and promote those things. We need to promote life and freedom in the kingdom of God. And we need to 
not accept things that bring death and bondage and all that. But at the same time, not everyone or very few people perhaps are going to become legal experts in that. So how do we navigate something so complex and so changing while not becoming so entangled with it to where we identify as, yeah, I'm, I'm an American who's also a Christian, or I'm a Thai person who's also a Christian. When there's, when there's confidence in your identity, when there's confidence in knowing what you are and you're not of this world, that means I'm an eternal being. This time here is short. So I'm utilizing this time for the benefit of others. So I'm actually just, you know, Jesus offered himself. Doesn't mean he was accepted. He was still hated. Uh, he spoke things. He spoke the truth. He didn't go with the flow, but he never broke a law. He never, he never was punished for something that was unlawful. He was punished because of who he was. And when we're walking in this world, I'm, I'm here to utilize it. My identity doesn't come from the coffee shop I go drink from. Now, I, sometimes I may choose a different coffee shop based on what they represent, you know, in, in some aspects. But I'm just talking about just normal daily life. Here's the thing. If it's not a kingdom of God business, it's all godless. If you really want to look, if you want to look at it from that aspect. But I am, my identity and what I get to do with my life is not based on those institutions. It's based on what the Father says. It's based on the belief system that we were birthed with Abraham. I believe in the God that raises the dead and calls those things as do, that don't exist as though they do. I am not limited by what the system of the world can provide. So therefore, I'm not here to extract from it or make it work for me, but I can stand in what the kingdom is. So even when it comes to, I believe in the identity that God had birthed in people, that means a, a power to speak, a power to think, a power to stand, a power to be confident. I believe that's for all people. I, I believe those are some inalienable things that are given to people. If that starts getting challenged in something, for me not to say something would be me walking in a lie. And so me saying something is going to cause a ripple effect, but it doesn't mean everyone is the order of those things. I believe we have people that are orders of those things, but I keep walking in that. So if you said I could go work for a business and all of a sudden you shut me down and I went to college for eight years to go get this one job and then the company doesn't want me because they don't like, I don't have enough hair. Do What do I do? Then my whole identity's crushed. Then do I go get hair transplugs or whatever you call them so I could go work at that company? No. Because that means I was looking to that company to become my identity. My identity was tied to the, the, the limitations of a system. How about just go create your own company? Well, I can't really go do that. You know, there's all these laws. I've never done that before. I might fail. Well, if your confidence is from the kingdom, there's something in you that would birth that. And who cares what, at the end of the day, what they do to you? Because at the end of the day, I'm an eternal being. This time here is really short. So what do I have to lose? And that's where Paul was saying, it's easier for me to go, but I'm going to stay for your benefit. For Jesus, it was easier for him to go, but I'm going to stay for your benefit. I think as a believer, we get that mindset, but now we're here for a different reason. We're here for the benefit of mankind so they can know something. 
Therefore, it doesn't have any power over you. And if it doesn't have any power over you, who cares? I, I, I know that seems simple and flippant, but that is the reality of that idea. It's good. One of the things that I guess I got out of what you were just talking about is that Jesus knew the rules, but he almost operated outside of them. It was like he understood the rules and the traditions and the cultures, but he looked at it from such a different angle that it was like, I understand these, but I operate from up here. And so I, I don't really have to, like, I, I live those things out, but I don't have to conform to them in a sense, because I'm coming from a different angle. And another point that I thought was really interesting is the giving because when you're willing to give to a culture it it sets people at ease almost in a sense it's like when I think of like stuff that I am learning in school about business is like you have to give 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 and then you get in return something right you can't just expect boom sale I'm you know I'm going to win this contract or I'm going to make X amount of money just because I asked for it or because I pushed for it. It's like, no, you have to give part of yourself. You have to develop a relationship. You have to become friends. You have to associate. You have to give your time. You have to give your energy. You have to give maybe resources. You have to give other contacts to people. And I just think that's really interesting is like when you give like that, you're kind of, and that's like not a not, that's not like really a traditional way of doing business is to give, you know, you're supposed to be making money and people normally think when you're giving stuff for free, you're not making money. So are you really in business? But that's not how you operate. And I think that's something that's just really interesting is that Jesus came with something to give, not to take from the culture. You said something. And that was the that key. What you just said tied in the basic day-to-day operation. Every relationship in front of you is another world. Every relationship, whether you're trying to close a deal and you're working for a company, even in the same industry, the moment you're trying to offer something to them, you're entering a new world. Therefore, as someone who's living in the world, not of the world, we need to understand their thinking in that place. If you're trying to become of that world, you're conforming. If you're just trying to be against that world, you're never going to want to know what that other person is thinking. So therefore you have nothing to offer them. What you're going to do is live a life in defense. And there's nothing in the kingdom of God that was defensive. It is all offensive. By the way, very interesting. It says uh, about the gates of hell will not stand against the church. The, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell are not an offensive weapon that they put this huge gate in front of an army and march it at people. The gates of hell is the things that they put barriers up for you to enter into, and those gates cannot stop the church or those that are intertwined with Jesus, those that are of him. And so when we're looking at it from this perspective, I look at every person as a new world. Even we could even be born of the same family, but if you really get to it, 
they're a new world and you have to get to know them. You have to see how they think and their thinking may be off. But at some point, you have to kind of adapt a little bit to their thinking to get to their heart. So if we look at everything from that microcosm of reality, that at the essence is living in the world and not of it. So if every person is something that you have something to offer, and I'm not talking about forced selling and manipulating and conjoling them and pressuring them and guilting them and shaming them into accepting it. By the way, they, you didn't win anything in that. They may, they may capitulate and just fall back, but you didn't win them. But when you understand them and you keep bringing life and you keep bringing and you keep bringing, something has an opportunity to change that they can also enter a new kingdom and they could discover the, the kingdom they're really of. So everything should come to a microcosm of being in this world and not of it. An another point too is going back to when you're on the offensive, um, to me, it's always been like when I want to separate myself from others because of what they do or how they're associating, that is when I experience the most temptation. That is when I experience the most falling, the most attack of my identity. Like, for example, like if, if friends go out to a party and I stay home alone, there's different things that are going to come at me in a sense. Does that make sense? Whereas if I operate in a sense of how the world like operates, like I go to a party, but I don't necessarily function on how someone would expect a college student to function. But at least I'm there to give and to learn about others and to going back to motivation to what, what's the motivation of going, what's the motivation of not going. It's, it's a totally different thing, but I just, to me, that's been really interesting is because it's like, Sometimes you forgo things because you think, oh, those are worldly things. When in reality, if you think of them as opportunities to serve and learn more about others, it's such a great opportunity. And I just think a lot of times, like growing up, it's like, it seems like doing going to those things are wrong and you should stay home and read your Bible and, you know, but... A lot of times you experience what you don't want to experience when you stay home. And Tommy, let me add a little context to you for people who don't know you, because I know you very well. You have mm -hmm. a deep value system that you refuse to compromise. So in your sense, it's not like you're going to go to the strip club so you can start identifying with those that are going to the strip club. There's some things that just, you're not dealing with non-common sense things. You're talking about things that are normal that people are just socializing, but there may be something there, not all of them but there may be something there that you just disagree with, or you go watch a movie and they're, they're, you know, they're going to put something in the movie. It could be a context. It could be a scene. It could be whatever. I don't agree with that, but you kind of pick through it. There's a difference between, you know, when you're not supposed to go to something, but you're not doing it out of, I got to be away from the world. No, I, I just better not go to that, but you're not feeling the same way. It's when you just, Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't be a part of that. And you're doing it from a self-willed, like out of more out of fear. And I, so with you, when you know what you are, you step into arenas that normally you wouldn't go to. And a lot of them are just normal arenas that we just push off on, but you could walk into that and be yourself. And 
You you do have. Yeah, to. What's interesting one. about that example even is 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 that picture, and and I've I've witnessed this growing up is the motivation for let's say going to the party. If you're if you're genuinely in this place where you're not looking to get something from attending, which is what most people are defaulted to, and then we'll excuse it as well. You know, I could be a I could be a good example there. You never know; someone might ask me about Jesus, and it could happen. What, but really, what your motivation is is I you're trying to get something from attending. So, man, I'm I want the acceptance want of these people. I'm weird, yeah, the acceptance or. You know, I just need some excitement in my life because everything's boring. And so you're trying to get something by being in that environment versus a genuine, uh, maybe passion or a compulsion that there's something you have to offer someone there that you need to be engaged in. So there's someone broken, there's someone hurting there. And what you have is genuinely going to, or give them the opportunity to, to get out of their situation, their brokenness. The motives are very different because now you are in there, but you are not of it. And, and the, the other thing to that is you could leave at any time and not feel bad and not feel slighted and not feel like you missed out. doesn't matter what anyone says about you. doesn't matter what label gets put on you because you're not there for that in the first place. And for all those sitting out there saying, well, I would never do something like that. The majority of you are working for godless companies that have philosophies and business models that are corrupt, that corrupt people. But because your job is what you went to school for, well, I'm just doing my job. So you're doing it all day long. So we're, you can't live in this world and not live around something that is compromising. So it really comes down to who are you going to be? in those environments, but then just trust from your identity and the right motives before you do something. So for some, they need not to do something for others. They may need to step forward and do something. There's not like a right and wrong of which action to take. But when you're coming from my source, my value, everything is coming from the kingdom and whom I'm of. Now I'm going to go offer something that should be the decision-making and it will be in coinciding with your heart, your spirit, and who the father is into that environment. And let me just throw one more thing out there just as like a, a terrible cliffhanger that we'll have to get more into on another episode. But if you're looking at a job situation and like you said, you're working for a godless company, but the justification is, well, obviously we need an income and this is the job I've had for 10 years and I can't just leave because I have a family to provide for. Okay, I, I I get how that feels, but think about what you're saying. You are you're actually saying the provision I get by being in and sort of of this thing, I cannot get by just being of the kingdom of God. So I cannot receive this thing any other way. And so I have to subject myself to being in and sort of kind of of this. So you you kind of have to give a little bit because of what you're receiving from it. But you could be working at this, two people working at the same company. One is of the kingdom of God and the other is of that company. And I can work harder because I'm working as unto the Lord, as unto my kingdom. But there could come a moment where I have to make a decision and I can walk away from that company because my identity doesn't come from that. So it doesn't mean exactly. you don't work in, in, in all this stuff, but you're, you can, you're not entangled by that system. So you just mentioned entanglements. 
It's no different than a politician who has blackmail against them, and so they're making new policies because they don't want that to come out because it will affect their future career, so they can't do this, which is how most of our mess gets caught up in. But if you could just walk away from it and say, say anything you want, I, this is what it is, I can go do this, it, you will find other jobs, but it's not about the job. It's about you could step out of it because you're not entangled by it, but you could also be in it when at times other people are leaving because you have a different thought and purpose in it. I'm putting that at the beginning. What you just stated right there is the best opener right after you, Jason. So I might flip these stories all over the place. Mm-hmm. All right, wrap it. All right, wrap it up. Well, it's, right. it's, it's just interesting too, because like when you, when you initially said that, I thought of like right away of like, when I was younger, I was a part of a baseball team. Super super secular baseball team people cussing swearing but all really hard workers all with the goal of they want to be the best they can at baseball they want to succeed in this area they're super hard workers but there was such a stark difference of how I conducted myself and how they conducted themselves and it was just interesting how I could be in the team and we can succeed as a team but I'm not of that team's culture in the sense of like I don't need to conform my views to become a part of the team I can be a part of the team because we're going after the same goals but I don't have to adopt the cussing I don't have to account like swearing I don't have to start chewing tobacco I don't have to start partying with them I don't have to hang out with them at the bars or I mean we're young so that's not really a thing but like there's all these things that we do is like to conform, but you can still be a part of those things and not do the things that would compromise what you believe is true. And I, to me, that was like, that stuck out right away, but I didn't really have time to process that without the whole conversation. So to kind of wrap this up, I want to leave everybody with a couple of questions here. So, Take a minute and think about this. What are the things that you are in and what is the thing that you are of? But then also this, are you really willing to let go of the benefits of what you are in if it goes against what you are? And everyone would say yes right away to that, but take a minute and think of this. Are you really willing to let go of that if it goes against something? And keep in mind, think through this. It will cost you. You will lose things. And they will not be light, easy things. But are you willing if it goes against what you really are and what you are truly of? So we appreciate you guys being here each and every episode. Until next time, keep the faith and stay in the fight.